0: Welcome to episode 545 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's a simulcast with Nick Pollock of The Pitcher List. Nick, how's it going?
1: What is happening? I'm really excited today because I get to do a simulcast with Paul Spore of Fangraphs. This is going to be a great time, man.
0: I had this idea driving. Driving home (laughs) from um, Avengers. Enjoyed it, by the way. Don't say say a word. Not going to say a word have a whole uh gag order in the uh, in the twitch stream and everything i don't i told people don't even come in and say how much you loved it or didn't i don't want any influence just go see it anyway so i was thinking and i think i sent you the question a couple days before maybe i sent it no no i called you i called yeah, you. yeah we
1: had a nice chat we do this all the yeah. time actually um and, before we go to bed we talk about our feelings exactly
0: how how was your day um no but i you know <laughs> I think I no. I think I DM'd you the other day because you made a big drop. Uh, so, back up. Yeah. This is about Luis Castillo. Yes, that's all we're going to be talking about, and and maybe some wider spread things related to um, ranking and 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 what we can learn from it. But but the 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 thrust of this is to talk about uh, Luis Castillo. And I asked Nick after he dropped him. I said, "Does this make you feel like?" You were wrong because you dropped him from – he was 18 at, at the peak, right?
1: Yes. That's because, I mean, there were some guys that had to fall. But yeah.
0: And so I said, you know, OK. Since you moved him down in the span of a month, down from 18 to – where is he at now?
1: He's at 51.
0: He's at 51. Does this like prove that that that, 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 that rank was, was wrong and, and, and too high in the first place? And that was something that I was like, you know what? Let's be honest. Your boy, who's going to be releasing uh, my, my pitcher update um, on Tuesday, May 1st, uh, I'm going to move him down as well. So this question basically applies to me too. Lower scale, but but barely. I think I had him peaked at like 27. Um, I remember when you were on and you had him 18 and I was like, dang, you you're even higher than me. Um, this is going to be great. We're going to be so right, and everyone's going to think we're a genius. <laughs> uh, we have not been right. We've been rather wrong.
1: Well, we've been wrong, but we'll get into a lot of the, the thought process behind that. And, uh, I mean, that was 20 at that time in the preseason. So but, let's uh, rewind yeah. to
0: that preseason, okay? Sure. I, I, yes. um, What was driving your ranking? What were the key factors that made you confident enough to rank somebody with 90 innings, Rounding up yep. um, that high. I, and again, I peaked at 23, by the way. I just looked at my updated. My last SP run was 23. You had him at 18. So w- for all intents and purposes, we're pretty much the same. Sure. You know – What drove what drove our our lofty rankings there? And I I say you you can speak for us because we had very similar outlooks on it. So what were those key factors that you said? You know what? We can have this guy who has nary 100 innings under his belt. We're ready to take him in our top twenty fives or in our top 20 in some cases.
1: Well, it's because last year the skill set was there and it's a situation where you see it, you see him on a consistent basis have this very elite repertoire and it's not even actually just the arsenal, but the execution of it gave me very little hesitation. Uh, it was twenty-seven percent K rates, nine percent walk rates, his ground ball rate was near sixty percent. Uh, uh, even like the x stats liked him as well. I don't know if you guys know them too well, but it's essentially saying like based on the batted ball data that we have with Statcast, these are the expected results. And it, it said that his bacon batting average of balls on, on contact. Including amazing, home runs essentially. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite stats.
0: Handle. Uh, and, amazing acronym for a stat. So right?
1: good. It's all around just incredible. It's tasty, yes. you could say. It's a very and tasty stat. Well well below average as far as like being very good. Two ninety six X bacon. Excellent. Right? Normally you see around three thirty or something like that. Uh so there was so that's so that's what you meant by below
0: it's below yes. the average mark, meaning it's very, very good. good. And this, exactly. It's a golf situation where lower yeah. is better.
1: Yep. So Essentially, every step of the way with Castillo, he was showcasing himself as an elite talent. Yep. And I and the
0: secondary stuff was just so sexy, too. It wasn't just the blazing fastball. Well, ball.
1: right. No, it was that changeup is unbelievably good. It's a perfect complement to it. And then he has a slider that he can turn to four strikes inside of the zone, as well as being a good nullifier for lefties. So yep. actually, and more so in righties, I should say, because the changeup, of course, the lefties. But both sides, it didn't really matter who he was going against. He was still very effective with everything in his repertoire. So, essentially, the argument for us not to treat those 90 innings with a significant amount of weight is that, well, he is going to have something that's massively different next year. Like, that's really and, what you're and, saying. And
0: we can't know that, though, right? right exactly. It, it is just kind of going against the the, the idea of, of regression, almost for regression's sake. The only thing that really stood out outside of the small volume of innings, um... Was the home run rate at one one, which is you know know, anything over one can be a little bit of a a, of an issue, not a glaring issue. I didn't see it as something like flashing lights or anything, especially with a seventeen percent homer to fly ball rate. Thought maybe if he advanced the way you and I thought, uh, maybe that would actually come down. Sure. Obviously that that's been exacerbated now. Back to the original question: seven eighty seven seven eighty five ERA. 559 fifth the uh, secondary numbers or the the advanced uh, era indicators aren't helping us much bringing it down from god awful to just poop <laughs> uh and a 167 whip 11 hits per nine i mean you can, we can keep going one nine homers we get right. the point the only thing that's really there is the swinging strike rate which is actually a tick higher hilariously enough um does that prove us wrong well okay what does that mean what is I don't Pruvis really know wrong? I want you to answer <laughs> that. no um, well you know because we're gonna take a pretty big L right I mean it's well, gonna sure, yeah. it, it's gonna be something where it's like oh you know they were out front on this and and it's wrong people are gonna start cutting him we are not telling people to not cut him we I don't think we can you know honestly do that anymore in anything but like a 15 team mixed anything else if they see somebody they like I just say if you want um, so that I guess that's what I mean. A month later, we're cutting a top twenty-five pitcher. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else but wrong? Right. Does, okay. So and, and does and I guess the real question does it ma- like does it matter that if we take the L and move on? Like, is there anything to like go further than that uh, outside of just saying, hey, they got Luis Castillo wrong. Let's reassess.
1: Sure. Okay. So. Um, yes, we were wrong that he wouldn't be the same guy. Essentially, uh, that's what we're
0: betting on It's more or less the same guy right. or something very close to. This is a different guy. We're going to get into the super deep part of, of what's wrong. Now I'm going to ask you point blank what's wrong here in a moment. Yeah, sure. So don't that's go too right. deep into the uh, <laughs> into the problem aspects just yet.
1: I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, I mean we we are wrong in the sense that I did expect a a premier talent. I mean, I, I saw someone that could – that has a top 10 upside, and I kind of still – it's not even gone. It's no. not like that's never going to happen now. It's been six starts. Uh, there are a lot of factors that have changed, and again, I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but yeah, we were wrong in the sense that you know he showed up and wasn't the same guy. Uh, now, so yes.
0: Um, yeah, I- exactly, and, and he just wasn't. And, and for me, I thought – even ranking him that high for me, I, I was looking at a downside, you know, a reasonable downside. Right? We're always talking about what what's the reasonable projection. I think right. we could we could reasonably see him with a low threes with a with a chance to be sub three uh, if everything broke right. And then what's a reasonable downside outside of like injury or collapse, which is what we've seen here, unfortunately. I was seeing like maybe like a four ten ERA with a boatload of strikeouts, which wasn't. Which wouldn't have been the end of the world. It wouldn't right. have been a top eighteen or twenty-three starter. But that's not something that would have killed you and 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 won't kill you if it continues to go that way, right? Because while we are talking about teams could cut him and stuff like that, it's not over. It's just six starts in and we're kind of reassessing. The one thing that sticks out to me was the one
1: <laughs>
0: shred of nagging. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do talk I have about to this, be so careful. I'm excited. Right? I'm excited. Go say it. Because the only thing that I ever looked at as a, as a potential negative, and I even brought it up on the pod and in an article about the Luis Severino comp. Everyone was doing the Luis, Luis, the Luis Severino comp. He had that big burst, 62 innings for him, 89 for, for Castillo, um, and then flopped in the second year, then emerged as, a, as an ace. People right. were having that comp without the middle season sure now for me i justified it by saying well he's more advanced he's three years older i i think his arsenal was more advanced he had all three pitches whereas Luis severino didn't and it is gonna be a lot of he but we're talking about Luis castillo so hopefully you guys i mean that's all that's the only person we're talking about <laughs> we'll mention other pitchers so hopefully the the pronouns right. don't don't kill anybody here but uh you know castillo had the arsenal in check severino didn't and, and needed to develop the third pitch and he, uh Castillo was older. So that's why I kind of pushed it off to the side. But now it's starting to look like it might play almost exactly like Severino and hopefully we get the the emergence of a star next year if that's how it's going to go. But what 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 do you think? Obviously you're not seeing that eye to eye This, is, this there. is
1: kind of funny. Uh I actually think there's a better comp than uh Luis Severino for that first season. It was someone who had 68 innings pitched in their rookie year. With a 30% whiff rate on their changeup, a 97.3 mile per hour fastball, a 291 ERA, and about a 30 to oh, it's a 33% K rate. When was, was this? This was in 2010.
0: Um, God, I'm not going to remember that far back. I'm too old. Just that's, tell me.
1: That's Steven Strasburg.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, right. that, I, mean, I, I mean that is great. By the way, that is a great comp, and I, obviously then he got hurt and kind of right.
1: And the next year, Tommy, the train there. But I mean, obviously, of course, there's a there was a bigger track record with Steven Straussburg, a lot more sure. of the premier title and everything, number one pick, etc. But to me, that the performance of Straussburg then, especially with the Arsenal, was a lot closer than Luis Severino, who he had a 8.5% whiff rate and a slider. He was throwing about ninety six, not ninety seven and a half like like Castillo was, and his slider is a completely different pitch now.
0: Yeah, like, and it, it's I think
1: not, if, it's it's a completely. I know that gap year. I I totally get that argument.
0: But it's, I think if his name was, was Tim scenario. Severino, people wouldn't have made the comp. I think part of it was the fact that they're both <laughs> sure. in Luis. I'm, I'm I'm serious. Like I I'm slightly tongue in cheek, but I think that that kind of made the link easier. Like another young Luis coming up. But right. I because I think your Strasbourg comp is more interesting in terms of that first uh, that first chunk of a season and, and the comparisons there with the Arsenal and everything.
1: I'm going to also do a nice segue here. They both have the same problem, and that's the fastball. So the biggest thing right now, actually, with Strasbourg, just really quickly, he's going like every other star is good or bad, is that his fastball is the one that's getting beat. And it's kind of always been the thing. He has this amazing changeup with a breaking ball that is very effective as well, goes into the strike zone often and misses bats too just like uh castillo's slider uh but castillo's biggest struggle is that four seamer and sinker command Uh, i i actually i did a ton of research with this um if you don't know me i've i'm pretty confident i can say that i've watched every single pitch that luis castillo has ever thrown in the majors and I, I I can't say that, but I can I'm pretty damn close. I'm I'm high on the <laughs> list
0: if we're ranking everybody who's in, in terms of their Luis Castillo pitches watched. But <laughs> but you
1: definitely are 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 our leader. I was actually checking the board today. You're top five. Don't worry. Yeah yeah, I think I. I
0: I fell down a little bit. I missed one of his starts, and I had to uh, listen to it on the radio like a s- scrub.
1: Yeah, the whole market shifted after that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but no, no. It, with last year, I, I looked at his heat maps because that was my first instinct: like, where is he locating this? Because if you were watching these these six starts this season, Castillo's fastballs were oftentimes bounced. They would miss wildly. They weren't even a question for the batter. To say, hey, should I swing at this or not? Mm-hmm. Last season, if you just look at the heat maps, it's great. Tons of pitches in the lower third of the zone, especially with the sinker, and then along the inside corner to right-handers. That's where he lived all day. Uh, right now, four-seamer, it's just erratic. It's, there's no rhyme or reason to it, and it, it kind of reminds me, actually, of an old high school teammate of mine. Um, this was the Adam Adavino team, and there's a guy named Ben, uh, ben Light, uh, who he was this massive dude, could throw really hard one game he walked two straight batters and coach goes out to the mound to talk to him and he shouts like everyone, even across the street could hear him. I have no idea where the blanket's going, (laughs) which has got to
0: be a terrifying feeling for a pitcher.
1: Well, right. But that's, that's, I see these starts from Castillo right now. And that's a lot. That's a lot. What's going through his head to Uh, your point, just to
0: underscore your point here among 96 qualified starters, his minus 9.2 fastball pitch value is second worst. To only one veteran lefty. Do you have any idea who it is?
1: Veteran lefty who's struggling idea. V- veteran
0: veteran lefty in the AL who – hang on. I don't think he's actually – he's not struggling mightily with his like surface results. So you might not get it. Well, but you did not I have, I have like him coming in.
1: I mean Martin Perez. But uh, no.
0: Nope. O- older.
1: Older like than veteran,
0: that. Veteran former star. Like former superstar. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, the the funny tonight. thing what is you like, you're so close with the guests. And, and oh, the reasons, Cole Hamels. Yeah. There is. you go. I was going to say you're so close because right. it's on his team, which was kind of amazing <laughs> that you even got on his team. Yeah, so Cole Hamels has a minus 10.4. The bottom line is, though, um, your eyes do not deceive you. Uh, and obviously something like that is pretty standout. By the way, just awesome, awesome stuff here because looking at the minus the minus list of the, uh, of the fastball pitch values includes uh, at number three, Kevin Gosman. Awesome. Definitely uh, uh, love seeing that. Another guy that I was interested in drafting Chris Archer. They're both at minus 6.9. Not nice. It, that uh, doesn't surprise me with Archer at all. That's everybody. Oh, yeah. uh, Archer, uh, terrible. Um, <laughs> Garrett Richards, minus 5.9. Mm. Other guy I absolutely loved. And the aforementioned Strasburg at eighth, uh, eighth worst at minus 5.5. 5. Kershaw, by the way, 10th. Dylan Bundy, 11th in his breakout. So basketball's. Hey, you are mentioned tra- Kershaw. Yeah.
1: Well, if you somebody read the wrote, article on Friday Kershaw. about his fastball
0: command. You need to read that, by the way, folks. Oh, I need to teach you something, by the way. Um, I'm not I'm not chastising you or anything. I'm, I'm just telling you a great way. Um, we got to get you to link the player link, the uh, the player that you wrote about, so that it shows up on his profile page. I'll show you how to do
1: that. Oh, that would be lovely. Because like, when I click
0: Kershaw… That should be the top article there. Your article. That
1: sounds and great.
0: I, I, love it. I, I've added a few back before when you, but I keep forgetting to tell you. So that's why I'm telling you right now. It's kind of a mental bookmark. Anyway, back to Castillo. <laughs> Fastball is is, I mean, it's dog crap right now. Right? Oh it's, yeah. It's it's, it's, terrible. it's terrible. The other two pitches are actually plus value slightly, but if you never get to them, that's the thing. Everything's starts and ends with the fastball and if, if it's this bad what chance do you have
1: well okay so this is there are a couple things to mention about this fastball one about the secondary pitches the changeup is i think heightened because people are excited about the fastball so it, we've seen this before with like jeremy Hellickson, who i actually call the yeah. devil because he has like one really good start tricks people and then burns their village in the next one but uh, he had a much, much more effective changeup because everyone wanted to smack that fastball. So they were it would jump out of their shoes trying to hit it. And it hit a I, lot of
0: pop-ups. I remember when he was good, he was like a pop-up, right. low-babbit machine. And everyone's like, we can't sustain it. It's like, well, if he keeps getting these pop-ups, those are automatic outs, basically.
1: So, so because people are really excited about that fastball, it also makes it tougher for his slider to get swings out of the zone. Because they're just, oh, it's a breaking ball. Okay, I'm not going to go after this. I'm not even going to go. Just exactly. So it makes it harder for a slider to be effective, which means he doesn't throw that as often, which means he has now, he's just limited to fastball changeup. So he throws a lot of changeups, which is really good. But when those fastballs happen, he gets crushed. Uh, And going, I mean, the main thing that everyone talks about with Castillo, of course, is velocity going down. It's a a huge issue. Uh, Even though it might not seem that way because, say, it's 95.5 miles per hour. That still should be a very effective velocity in the majors. However, this is uh, I have to bring in what we call Alex Think Fast. Think Fast coming in, <laughs> which is the uh, whenever we talk about the mental part of the baseball as opposed to the numbers and everything. And let's talk about the actual pitcher and what they go through. And I don't know if you guys watched the the St. Louis Cardinals start with Castillo. He allowed a home run in the second inning to Colton Wong. That was actually a really good pitch. It was right above the, the zone inside corner. It should have been high and tight. This is a pitch that Castillo in the past has thrown with exceptionally well. But the thing is, this one came in at 93, as opposed to the 97, 98 we would see last year. And Colton Wong got the barrel of the bat out early and was able to hit it over the right field fence. I mean, now, that's a
0: pretty sharp drop when you're when you're going down four
1: miles an hour. Exactly. So this does two things. One... I mean, obviously, it allows the home run, which it normally wouldn't. But two, Luis Castillo, the rest of the game, his fastball was just so bad; he lost all confidence in the pitch. He doesn't. Believe we gave up a homer to can... Colton Wong. I would lose the confidence too. Oh, right? It's like the James Shields, uh, Bartolo Colon thing, right? He just went downhill after that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but you can you can see it in his head. He's like, okay, I I don't know what to do now because this pitch that we essentially make all these batters so defensive. You know, you look at those give breakdowns uh, of how. You know, against like the pirates, he would throw one inside and they would just be be on their toes, like, oh no, what are we supposed to do? We're just barely fouling it off and then look stupid on the slider and change it because mm-hmm. they, they don't know what to do with the fastball. Now it's the opposite. And Castillo doesn't really know what to do. Uh, so that it's it's a lot of different problems coming back to just fastball ineffectiveness. And it's a different guy that we saw last year. It's just not him. That's the
0: big thing with Luis Castillo is that He's not the guy that we ranked, which, again, if we had known that, we wouldn't have ranked him as such. Right. And, and so – and that, that's part of the reason I really want to have this conversation because it's very easy for people to just say, ah, y'all take an L. haha, Way to go. But that doesn't really tell us anything. Yes, sure, we accept yeah. that. We moved him down. We're, we're ready to kind of move forward there.
1: Yeah, you're like me where you will be the first to tell people that you're wrong i never I ever
0: going to pretend I'm going to be 100 percent. So right. I, if I try to run from being wrong and, and paint – curate this image of always being right, first off, I don't want that stress because yeah. it would be impossible to hold up to. <laughs> but but secondly, it's just a dead lie. Like It's just impossible. Right. So yes, definitely wrong, uh, but also this is not the guy that we ranked. Uh, so we take the L. We move on, but we're trying to learn from it now too. Sure. The one thing I I brought up and I briefly mentioned it with the Severino comp stuff about the home run rate as kind of the one flaw uh, in 17 – For for Castillo. Uh, Was that not given enough credence, or the degradation of the fastball is what's spurring this 1.9 homer per nine? Which one is it? Did did we not pay enough attention to the 1 1 and the home park that Castillo's in? Or again, such a change has come about that we never could have seen nearly two homers per nine come?
1: No, no, I think it's definitely the latter. And also the fact that it was a 17% homer of a five ball rate last year. Yes, if it, that that stayed the same, then it's the same results, and those are still great. So I, I really don't think that we should have said, "Oh, that rate is going to get worse." Yeah, if anything, you could have seen that coming down. Right. So I, I don't. I don't think that that's something we overlooked there.
0: Okay. No. I, I and I I think that's fair too. I don't. I don't know that that's something that we look back and say, "Well, you guys, how did you not see that?" Uh, okay. So. Is it all really just? And I shouldn't even say really just because it's not just. If it's if it is the fastball, that's enough to just ruin right. a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are there things beyond the fastball, or does this all hinge to the fa- fastball? And is it mechanical, or is he hurt?
1: Yeah. Right. So is hurt? Th- this has been a lot of discussion, obviously, uh, and there have been a lot of different uh, answers for it uh there's andrew perpetua showed off that his spin rates on his his pitches are a bit different have been gone going down he believes that it's an injury related thing it's often correlated that way yes um Eno know had a fantastic article you might know that who? guy. i don't know who <laughs> you so know i'll follow up
0: with you offline on that i don't know who that is but that's okay go ahead <laughs> reference that guy i well, guess of
1: course of course his article <laughs> on the athletic was uh phenomenal um and the argument that he was making was that the 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 added drop on his pitches are maybe too much with his slider being a, uh, a big part of that uh there's also he brought up in that one which was a very popular thing is the weather uh the weather's been yes. very cool for Castillo and he came up you know later half of 2017 when it's very warm and that's all we saw and the one good start Castillo had this year when when he went 6 innings of shutout ball and then somehow it was dip- stupidly brought back out yeah, and and not to mention allowed four base runners. to yeah. – whatever. What I'm going to g- pass dude. that. Uh, yes. I believe that guy got fired for this, uh,
0: <laughs> as he should have. Yeah, Brian Price was fired shortly thereafter. What was that in Milwaukee? Well, that was inside the dome. In the dome, yes,
1: exactly. So, per, so, per so there control. is some sort of concept behind. Oh, maybe he's just not getting comfortable. It's not hot enough, and we kind of overlooked that in the hotter weather, weather in July, and August, and, and September. It's possible. I'm not necessarily ruling that out. And I think that there is more wrong here than just that, because that generally would be velocity and not necessarily locations. And his locations are out of whack as well. I mean, there were also some really bad conditions of rain and maybe his grip was worse, wind and stuff. Yeah, he's pitched some bad weather, which was heartening enough. me. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It was heartening me for a while until, um, and then and then we had the good start. That was masked a little bit the one in milwaukee where he ends up right. giving up four but if you watch that uh as we did he was actually awesome in it that was, until that classic, last yeah. inning and then wasn't really that bad in st louis and then just trounced in minnesota now he also has five road games in a row he he opened against washington which you know five five innings six runs is not great but against a team like washington you're like well you know it was a bad first inning on his season debut I'm not. I wasn't freaking out after one started. His swinging strike rate was really high and all that. And if you look, the 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 latest outing against Minnesota is the only thrashing for Castillo. So we've kind of hinted at it, but is this salvageable? And if so, how? Like, (laughs) obviously we have to be healthy, but like, what? Where could we see this be salvaged? And uh, so answer that, and then I'll ask more.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So the other. The other answer that's been provided, and this has actually been, I believe, provided by the Reds themselves, is that they think his arm angle is a little bit different. And I actually looked into this a little bit. There is slight changes in his in his release points. I'm not so sold. But then again, okay. it could be something like Paxton, who changed his arm angle and got velocity back. And uh, control. That was insane. Right. It was amazing. Uh, and I, essentially what I'm telling everyone— uh, when I brought him down to 51 last Monday, I think it's going to stay around there. Maybe a little bit lower, but I think it's going to be around there tomorrow when I release my weekly update of the Top 100. Uh, I I consider him a stash. He it's, a, it's essentially someone you have on your bench. And yes, I do believe in a month, probably I'm, I'm aiming June 1st, essentially, that whatever is the issue, the Reds are going to protect their asset as much as they can now. And they're going to yeah. work whatever they can to to get him back to what, where he was. Is that an injury? Maybe. Maybe it is a mechanical thing that he can make an adjustment and get some velocity back. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't think they will. But it's not out of the question they just send him to the minors for him to clear his head. No, it's
0: really not. I mean, he, he has options. We've seen it before uh, with, with young guys. Like it, it, it might be the best thing for him. Right. He's never even been in AAA exactly go down to AAA for the first time uh get some confidence rolling with three four starts so you're down there for a couple weeks and then come back up and the weather should be good and warm by then although who the hell knows the way the weather's (laughs) been this year Um, and, and then we're back to you know not quite where we started last year which was in july but maybe back in late may or early june and then and then maybe he can take off so I, I'm not cutting him everywhere. In fact, I haven't cut him no, anywhere. No, I would stash him. I
1: would I'd be yeah. stashing him. And keep in mind too, if you remember last year, I mean, this is this is something I have to remind a lot of people: is that April is known as the least correlated month for the entire season. Correct. And Chase Anderson and Jimmy Nelson, two great examples of guys that in the middle of May made the adjustments and became studs the rest of the year. I remember this watching the start
0: where Chase Anderson turned into a stud. It was this big start against Arizona. And I was watching it because I wanted to watch Grinky, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't even focused on on um, Chase Anderson at all. It was something where I wanted to watch Grinky, and and he ended up uh, Anderson ended up stealing the show that day. But uh, yeah, I think that's the thing too is that you know obviously it's super bleak right now, but unless something comes out that he's hurt, it, I just don't really see a situation where. Uh, you automatically have to cut him in these deeper leagues. You should be keeping Castillo where you can You know, try, try to maneuver around not cutting him because this could turn into an asset that you you cut and then it ends up becoming somebody else's boon, and you don't want right. that at all.
1: I mean, uh, if you're losing, if you're really – I do say this in 12-teamers. If it's a situation where you need help and there is help on the wire, yes. then yes, you don't, you don't want to sacrifice two months of the year for this. No, 10 and 12-teamers, I understand if you've – got to move exactly i i i
0: I totally get it um you know nick Pavetta's at 52 percent right yeah
1: i'd be doing it miles do not please go after him
0: i i i make i make those moves there because you can't you just don't have the luxury to wait as much and you could get burnt by it but it's one of those ones where you're just like well I might get burnt, you know. Tanner Roark's at forty-seven percent on ESPN leagues. He's not flashy. He's the o- opposite end of the Castillo spectrum right. on flash and and sex appeal of a fantasy pick. Of like, ooh, look at me! It's like, I'll take Tanner Roark though, uh, because he's performing. So, we we understand that, and obviously in deeper leagues, we're trying to hang on to Castillo as much as we can. What can we learn about learn from this about ranking these these young phenoms? Uh, coming into the season is this something that you're always going to take the shot because the upside's so high or you know and obviously this is yet to be written still right the the right. the rest of the season it's one month so mm-hmm. it could even still turn around and then we say hey we were we panicked we admitted that uh we were overzealous because a guy changed will the fact that we don't know who a guy is after 89 innings and this really driving home that point change how you rank some of these guys that come in with sub 100 innings. Right. Not that not that 100 is the magic number either, but whatever, just come in with with smaller samples.
1: Sure. So, this is this is the thing I think a lot of us do forget when it comes to a number is that that's a number relative. Right? It's it's not just he's 20. It's about who else is around that. And to yep. use your term the glob, Castillo was part of my glob, but he was at the top or at the high end of it because he had that top ten upside that the other guys kind of didn't have behind him. But just to give you a frame of reference of the people that were around him, Chris Archer, James Paxton, Robbie Ray, Keikel uh, Jose Quintana, Masihir Tanaka. I mean, these are what, what are they doing? Right, these are it's, guys are ultra studs. You know, it's not like we ranked Castillo as Jacob Degrom or or Justin Verlander. This was definitely past that. Yep. Uh, so, and then there's also the thing... Okay, so. Let's say we see something in the second half of this year going into next. Uh, I want to make sure that this isn't doesn't steer people away from believing in second halves. Because you would miss out on Dylan Bundy, Patrick Corbin, Trevor Bauer. All guys that we were pushing because they had significant changes and became new people in the second half of last year. And they're having success this year. Yes. So I understand that there was no prior for Luis Castillo. And it was just the first one but to me it's uh, I think that was enough of a sample to feel you know to have conviction that this is who would show up. the stuff was uh, so good like i it, just this I, I i can't because he's not it's not like he has the same thing and not performing with it. The argument for not making that kind of ranking is that you expected him to be a completely different pitcher and i just i can't put credence in that
0: no because I, I don't like, like 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 the the detractors were on the more general. Don't get into somebody who's 90 innings and draft them as a top right. 20 pitcher, which fine. I I don't think you'll go broke that way, right? You, you yep. might not get some of the big hits, but it is a conservative approach that works. I'm OK with it. You and I are more about swinging for the fences. I play more in 15 teamers. You play more in 12, but – in a 12-team especially, I think you, you're more apt to do it because the waiver wire is going to be richer. Exactly. But even in a 15-team mixed league, it's not like the, the waiver wire is devoid. Um, of course, in, in the case of Castillo, we were taking him in, in uh, NL-only leagues pretty highly too. But uh, sure. the, the, the bottom line is that when I see a talent like that and I, I just don't see any reason to think that he's not great, I, I'm I'm gonna go with that feeling exactly, and and I, this will not deter me. I will accept the 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 loss right now, um, but still be open to saying, hey, I'm I'm not I'm not stopping uh, my attention toward Castillo. I'm still gonna be watching like every start and seeing what's up because this could turn on a diamond again. Then he becomes like a the fantasy gem that like starts to salvage seasons and save yep. save seasons, especially if he's on the waiver wire. And he's gonna be on the wire in a lot of leagues soon.
1: Yeah, no, I think that I think that's a great assessment about it. I will definitely be watching those those games. There's, I, I don't care. I, he's still my boy, and I'll be I'll be watching very intently.
0: If I've stuck around with Kevin Gossman this long, you better believe <laughs> that Luis Castillo can have six crummy starts, and not even really. Let's be honest; it, they're not all six crummy. Like the the bottom line is six crummy starts when you add it all up, but it's really right now. It's really the bookends. Were the really bad starts, the right. opener with six runs yeah. in five innings, which again is not even the end of the world. And then, uh, and then the just trouncing in Minnesota, uh, over uh, on Friday night, five inning or excuse me, five runs in just a single inning. Um, okay. So that, I mean, that's Luis Castillo. That's where we're at right now. I think we'll do another check-in down the line unless it's just the same or he, or he goes in the DL. We don't really have to do yeah, that, exactly but, right. uh, I'm not going to dive in all the way here, but, uh, I, I am a little curious on where where your thoughts are on Garrett Cole. I'm springing this on you. I didn't I didn't prepare you for this <laughs> ambush. How me. do I
1: feel about Garrett Cole? I mean he's yeah. he's on top fifteen for me right now. He again, this is someone who's pitching differently than we've seen. So I'm impressed by it. I mean, I, I recognize right away I'm on my list that he moved up very fast because he's established who he is. So I'm excited about it. I think it's great. I think he's a new man and that's cool.
0: You know what comp I've got there?
1: no what do you got
0: you know what I'm seeing uh, is a is a Scherzering of Gerrit Cole. I'm seeing this as a potential Scherzering, the 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 first year into not so much exactly what Scherzer did, more more talking about a development into Ace Hood in the mid 20s after being like good, not great, and and constantly being kind of asked to do more. And I remember being you know up close and personal with the Scherzer uh, transformation as a Tigers fan and kind of saying like, man, you know, it's just like. On, a, on the right day, he looks exactly like Verlander and, and can get, get the job done. But too many times he he has struggles. And then um, I want to say in like 2012, he was sent down to AAA and that really spurred a big second half. And then in, uh, in 13, he ended up winning the Psy at age 28. So I, I think we could be seeing the Scherzering of, of Garrett Cole. And this could be the first step into his ace emergence because oh, I still think it's that there. Be
1: amazing. I would love that. I've got one for you. Yes. How are we feeling about Michael Waka?
0: Oh, not good. Not good. I mean, it's, with that one, I'm a lot more open to just kind of not nail in the coffin, but but moving on from the expectation set that I had. Like the 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 results are fine, right? You're gonna look and you see actually 362. It's like what? Like for what you paid, nobody's stung by it, but the whip's right. still too high. The walk rate is like just deteriorated as he gets older, which was I thought was going to kind of be his calling card because he's not a huge strikeout guy. So with Waka, I'm just kind of shrug. He's just like a mid rotation guy.
1: So the reason I brought him up, I mean, I know you were high on him before. That's whatever. It's that actually his last start was very encouraging. Oh, I didn't see the last start. So what what have you got? Well, it says Cutter was being used incredibly well, finally. And that's also with, you know, Waka's we always been a force, seamer and change-up combination, which is the foundation of Waka. And that's always been that third pitch, which one is going to take over. But he's kind of been teetering. And if he had something else, that would help. And then he actually had that last start. So I- I'm if, not
0: totally out on Waka. If that could be the start of something, that'd be nice. I, yeah, I haven't cut him anywhere or anything like that. It's just... I keep waiting for Right. Ugh, like, come on, man. Cause again, a guy a guy like that when he's on in the chain I I'm a sucker for change ups. If you got a good change up right, yeah. or splitter, I just
1: Castillo.
0: I die. <laughs> exactly. That was part of what spurred Castillo. Right. Such a young guy having a change up. When a when a young pitcher has the change up on lock, that just breeds so much excitement, as you saw with our rankings of Castillo. So <laughs> um yeah, I'll keep my walk of shares, obviously. Because the sub four ERA just totally plays these days, and he does have back to back good ones. But I saw the Cincy start, and that that was the most recent memory. That's why I was kind of just like shrugging, like it was a good outing, six and two thirds, one run, but it wasn't as dominant as those numbers. And that's why, listen, I know y'all can't watch every game like the psychopaths that Nick and I are, (laughs) and we go and watch just as much as we possibly can. But that's but it. I bring that up just to say you can't always just trust the box score too and say, well, right. he pitched well, six and two thirds, one run, and you watch it and it was like, eh, it wasn't dominant. It was Cincinnati. They're freaking terrible. Yep. Um. You know, Votto's clicking again now, but they don't have anything going. But yeah, I, I hadn't seen the Mets start, so it's nice that uh, he did have that dominant one. So, um, yeah, I think we're gonna have to do this regularly. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I would
1: love to do this. What Sounds the, uh,
0: but may, maybe it, maybe it is a Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon sort of thing that we just try to build in, like a check in, like a check in on a few starters. This one had to be Castillo based.
1: Well, of course. Uh, I was thinking, I was trying to think of a good name for this. I, I, I think of it like us in front of the fireplace, you know, like a nighttime chat or the, the Sunday
0: fireside chat.
1: Yeah right. <laughs> um, and and this will be posted on both of our feeds.
0: I think that's what, how we're going to do it with these. It works best that way. Um, and then we'll have you on the sleeper in the bus properly with Justin uh, again soon. Probably oh, either, that. Uh, yeah. In a in a in a week or two, I would think uh, after we got a, m- a month in the books and then. We can dive, dive in on some things. Maybe I'll have to re-listen to our picture episode and, and see where everyone had their, their flags <laughs> planted and the, and the guys they were against. And we can do kind of, kind of a, a more global check-in with all three sure. of us. That sounds great. But uh, no, man, it was great talking with you. I, lo- I love doing this. Uh, I never call people. And I called you and I was like hoping <laughs> you would answer because I was like, dude, I know we would just – although I'm glad you didn't because we would have wasted the whole pod. It was just a (laughs) phone conversation we would have had to try to recreate it. You got to save
1: it for the podcast. Yeah, I think
0: it was better to just say, hey, I've got this idea. Call me back and let's do this. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to do this regularly. Let us know what you guys think. I have a decent feeling that you guys are going to like it, though. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking in the very near future.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Paul. This was great.
0: Have a good one, man. What an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league. Well, look no further and download squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download squad QL for free for your Apple and Android devices. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver-wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy fantasy.